Good morning, everyone. Welcome here. It's good to see some guests, family, and friends coming to support the parents and families for Baby Dedication Sunday. Um, if you're able, please stand and let's sing Be Thou My Vision together. Be seated. It's a special Sunday, and we want to honor the young families of the church, but also to just honor every generation. And so I just encourage you to look around and appreciate all of the generations that you see. It is so special to have a community that is intergenerational and something that um, I think our culture needs. And so church is such a beautiful place where we can experience that. So let's pray before we continue on in our service. Father, we thank you for your presence with us through the Holy Spirit, um, the presence of each other. We thank you for um, the tradition and the joy of gathering together as a community. And we pray especially for the parents and the young, the young ones who are going to be dedicated today uh, to being raised up in the way of Jesus. And I pray that you would just give them peace and a sense of being honored and celebrated today. And I just pray for us as well, that as we are um, the community around them, that we would be filled with love and support and grace for each other, and that we can look ahead um, and that we can grow together as a community. Um, thank you for all the generations represented here, and I just thank you that you're working in all of us, no matter how old or young we are. And I pray that we would all be open to that as well. Amen. Let's sing As the Deer. Yeah. 
such a good song about the gospel. Um, please stand for the next song, Build My Life. And this song is for all of us, uh, kind of an interesting perspective if we think about the lives of parents and young babies, um, kind of building their life right from, right from the start, um, knowing about the Lord and, and his love for us.
Thanks, you can have a seat. I'll let the worship team go have a seat, and if you have your Bibles on you, you can turn to Psalm 23. You might have this one memorized, so that's fine too. So I'll be reading Psalm 23, the New International Version. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Good morning. It's the time in our service this morning that I think many of you have, uh, have come for and have been preparing for for some time. We are going to dedicate children. Uh, and in our tradition of the church, we recognize that children are a wonderful part of the addition to our community of faith. And we each, both the parents and the surrounding families and their social circles and their friends, but also the rest of us, as a larger congregation, have a role to play in supporting families as, as we raise children. Many of us who, who are parents uh, have been supported by you and other Christians um, as our children grew up. Uh, many of us grew up in families who, that attended church and in our own childhood, we were supported by our parents, friends, and congregations. And it is now our privilege as, as people of the church, whether we experienced that nurturing or not, and in what form we experienced it, one form or the other, it's our privilege as a congregation of God's people to pass on that nurturing care and support to the families, the young families that are, that are with us now. So this morning we have three, uh, three families with, with young children who we will dedicate and we will dedicate those children to their families and to the Lord and we will dedicate ourselves to supporting and caring for them. So we have, and I'll, I'll invite them to come up as, uh, as, I, as I call you. So we have Chai and Bo Saifan. Tyler is already with us. We have dedicated him several years ago. And Bina is, uh, is young and we want to, to welcome welcome and support them. So Chai and Bo and Tyler and Bina, you can come up. We have Henry and Janae Duick and their daughter Remy. You can come up. And we have uh, our pastor family, Russell and Shannon Dirksen. We've had the privilege of, um, of supporting, supporting Noel already, dedicating Noel in, several years ago, and now also Mary. So we welcome you to all come up to the front and stand here. Usually, in most cases, it's the privilege of the pastor of a congregation to dedicate children. Uh, in this case, because we are dedicating our pastor's child, uh, then David, in his role as a deacon, and myself in, in my role as our congregational chair, um, get, the, get the privilege of, of officiating this part of the service. Families are one of the great gifts that God has given to the church. And in order to raise up the next generation of disciples, we are dedicating children to our congregation and to God today. We are dedicating the children of the church back to the Lord from whom they came. In scripture, Hannah offering Samuel to the temple has often been seen as a biblical example of this kind of commitment. We pray that our children will grow up to embrace their life as children of God. We pray that one day each of them will take this for themselves and in the fullness of time receive baptism and serve the Lord for the glory of the kingdom of God. There is work to be done in raising a child. A lot of this work is done, of course, by the parents. You, the parents, and we, your church family, will do this work and support you in it together. Together we will bring these children to God as the Spirit empowers us to love and teach each other. We will teach this child the Bible. 
we will teach these children each to worship and to pray together. We will teach these children right from wrong. We will teach these children to be a witness of Christ in our families and in our communities and in the wider world. The daily work of doing this is the parents. And we, as the congregation, will pray for you and support you and provide teaching, friendship, and support to your child and to you. Let us now, as a congregation, dedicate ourselves and our children to the Lord. So to our congregation, the Lord sends us to go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching to obey everything that he has commanded. So now, do we as a church take these children as Christ's young disciples in the world? And will we teach these children everything that Christ taught, loving, guiding, and challenging them so that when they are ready, they can come and we can baptize them and send them out to the nations as a witness of Jesus' good news? If you are willing, you can respond now and say, with God's help, we do. With God's help, we do. Parents, you will do a lot of the church's work in raising these children with the support of our congregation. Will you love them and care for them and teach them how to pray? Will you raise them to love Christ and his church? Will you raise them to know right from wrong, to discover the gifts that the Spirit has given to them for the refreshing of the body of Christ? And when they are ready, will you offer them back to the church, knowing that the Spirit blows where it wills in calling people to baptism? And so now, parents, you can say, with God's help, we will. I'll turn the dedication prayer to David. Heavenly Father, thank you for Pim Kun Bina. She is a gift to Bo and Chai. Grant Bina all she needs to grow and thrive, to learn and teach, to love and serve. Draw her to yourself through the love of her parents. Protect her from the attacks of the evil one. Give her parents the energy and wisdom to guide her well. She is a gift also to us as a church family. Help us too to support her life, to be an encouragement and a safe place. I pray that the eyes of Bina's heart may be enlightened in order that she may know the hope to which you have called her, the riches of your glorious inheritance in your holy people. Heavenly Father, thank you for Mary. She is a gift to Shannon and Russell. Grant Mary all she needs to grow and thrive, to learn and teach, to love and serve. Draw her to yourself through the love of her parents. Protect her from the attacks of the evil one. Give her parents the energy and wisdom to guide her well. She is a gift also to us as a church family. Help us, too, to support her life, to be an encouragement and a safe place. May Mary be encouraged in heart and united to other Christians in love so that she may have the full riches of complete understanding in order that she may know the mystery of God, namely Christ. Remington, good morning. Heavenly Father, thank you for Remington. She is a gift to Janae and Henry. Grant Remy all she needs to grow and thrive, to learn and teach, to love and serve. Draw her to yourself through the love of her parents. Protect her from the attacks of the evil one. Give her parents the energy and wisdom to guide her well. She is a gift also to us as a church family. Help us, too, to support her life, to be an encouragement and a safe place. 
I pray that out of your glorious riches, you may strengthen Remington with power through your spirit in her inner being. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. We'll move into announcements now. Uh, Russell has more coming up, uh, but I will, I will just touch on one. Uh, we talked last Sunday about the fact that our congregation is open to the nomination of deacons. Uh, so David and Tammy Cruz are deacons now. Uh, Donna is stepping back from her role as a deacon, and so we are, uh, we are looking for at least one deacon, uh, deacon, deacon couple uh, is the tradition of the church, although we are also open to the nomination of uh, individual deacons as well. There's room for both in our, in our body of faith. So you will see a, a glass pickle jar, actually, wrapped in blue paper on the table at the back and some papers in front of it. You can, nominate, uh, you can nominate deacons. And in the tr tradition of our congregation, uh, I would say that uh, although my personal preference is that you speak to the person that you hope to nominate first and see if they are willing, that that is not required. And there is, there is space for uh, nominating, nominating people and then having the congregational chair, that's me, um, tap them on the shoulder if they have uh, received a number of nominations and that, that, that the spirit can move in that way as well. So however you choose to proceed, the nomination for deacons will be open uh, this week and then the following week, two weeks, and we'll close on the 21st of August and we hope to uh, kind of process it by the 28th. So be in prayer yourself. Uh, you, may, you may want to be a deacon and if so, uh, talk to somebody who's, uh, who's a member of the congregation and see if your, fe your, lead your feeling that you of being called to the deacon role is matched by, by, by theirs. Uh, and if so, you know, per perhaps you, know, you, can, you can have somebody nominate you if you like. Um, so there, there's, there's space for all kinds of, uh, of, of ways to go about it, but we, ha we will have uh, nominations for deacons open for two weeks, uh, and that begins today. We'll also have, uh, have lunch after, after our service. The lunch after the service is being provided by, by Chai and Bo, uh, and, and together with, with Chai's brother and family from Winnipeg, um, and others, others of their, their supportive community, family and friends. Chai and Bo have been part of our congregation for a number of years, and, um, and have, have received the, the blessings and benefits and support of the church as they came to Canada and as they learned English and as they sorted out immigration complexities and went through um, just all, all manner of things that, that kind of led along through the process of them coming to where they are, are now. And this lunch uh, provided by them is a thank you to our congregation. And we realize that not, not each of us has been personally involved in their support in the same way that not each of us individually is involved in any one project of the church, but that as a congregation, we have been there for them, and this is a gesture of appreciation from, from Chai and Bo um, as, as, as they have come to this, to this point in their, in their process with us. So we invite you all to stay for, uh, to stay for lunch and to enjoy it and to... Uh, to uh, accept with gratitude the, the generosity that, that, uh, has been, that has been shown as, as they've provided it for us. And that's all. We'll turn the rest of it over to Russell. And there you go. All right. So if you have your bulletins on you, now is the time to pull them out. We have a number of things, as Jeff said, that we can point out today. Uh, the first... Well, the first we've already pointed out, the lunch that's going to be after the service. Very much so looking forward to that. Thank you so much, Chai and Bo. Uh, next, uh, prayer meeting at the church on Wednesday at 7 p.m. Uh, and then next Sunday, Sunday, 10.45 a.m., worship service, and then baptism, and then communion. It is going to be a very fun-packed day. I encourage you all to come out and uh, wish Ethan good luck and also pray for him as he heads into this new era of his life. Uh, then Sunday, 7.30 p.m., 
Uh, there is going to be a get-together afterwards at our place. Uh, it is going to be wonderful to finally show off the place. We got it all of two months before COVID started, and we always wanted to. So now, now you get to be jammed into a room that definitely not everyone can fit into, which means bring lawn chairs. We have a backyard as well. Um, there is a fire pit back there and lots of amazing gardening uh, that Shannon has done. So bring your lawn chairs. Uh, it's going to be a good day, 7.30 next Sunday evening. Also, potluck snacks. Bring snacks. You don't need to worry about drinks. I'm going to be making lemonade and if I don't mind tooting my own horn, I'm good at making lemonade. That's something that I believe in myself. I'm good at making lemonade, so look forward to that. All right, any more announcements? I have a slight little problem at my house. She's 11 years old, and she's spoiled, but we need to rehome her. So if you... <coughs> Any suggestions or ideas, I'm open for them. I'm not sure, but my son, Rod, may take her, but his, his wife is a little opposed. Because <laughs> they already have a dog and a cat, and I can't train Maggie, not the chase cats. They're made to chase. So, <laughs> anyway, she's gentle and she's spoiled and she's sweet. But thank you if you have any suggestions. Thank you for sharing, Betty. And we can definitely all think of it. Then, moving down to items for prayer. Uh, the first one you'll see there is Danny North. His mother, Doreen, passed away this past. Uh, week. There is going to be a memorial on Tuesday at 1 o'clock at the Austin Hall, uh, so make sure to put that down uh, and go if you can to show your support. So that is uh, Tuesday at 1 o'clock at the Austin Hall, the memorial for Doreen North. Uh, we're also going to want to pray for Danny and his siblings as they go through this very difficult time. Uh, Shannon, uh, she had an appendix surgery last week. Uh, I am happy to report that she is uncomfortable, but at the same time, doing better. I'm not happy to report that she's uncomfortable, but you know what I mean. I am happy to say that she is doing much better, but we still want to keep praying for her uh, as she heals over the, I think they were saying, two to four weeks of healing for an appendix surgery, so we want to keep praying for her. And one more to add on to there. I just... Received word this morning that Sarah Petkow passed away this past week. Uh, Sarah Petkow is the niece of Sandra Sawatsky. Uh, she had moved down to uh, Texas. I hadn't actually heard what she passed away from, but at the same time, this is sad news. So we want to pray for her, pray for Hannah, pray for the whole family during this time. And so, with those things said, please bow with me in a word of prayer. Dear God, we come before you this morning, first off in praise, first off in thanks for each of the little ones in this congregation and the parents that have gone through this time of dedication, this time of dedicating that we will raise our children in your name, following you. Lord, we thank you for all that you do. We thank you for how you lead. We thank you for all that you give. We thank you for who you are and what that means to us. And so we pray that as these little ones grow up, that you will be there every step of the way, that you will bless each of us parents during this time as we look to raise them following after you, look to raise them as they need to be raised, because it is a little different with each and every one. So God, we pray for your blessings in that, but also your thanks. Lord, we thank you. And God, we also want to thank you for the surgeries that have happened this past week. A wonderful success. Lord, we want to thank you for Shannon. We want to thank you that we 
figured out what that was and got her in on time. And even though there was a long wait in the emergency room, by the time she went in, there was still all was well. God, we thank you for the healing that you have brought into her so far. And Lord, we pray that you continue to bring that healing over the weeks to come until she is right as rain. And Lord, as we go from this, we want to pray for those that are hurting this morning. Lord, we want to pray first for Danny North. He was so very close to his mother. And so, God, we pray, be with him now. Lord, be the comfort that he needs now. Put in his path the people that he needs to be his comfort over the weeks to come as well, after his family goes home, after when it is an empty house. God, please help him to know that he is on our minds. And as the memorial comes up this coming Tuesday, God, we pray that it will be a good one. We pray that it'll be a time remembering all that Doreen has given. Lord, this we put before you. And we also want to pray for the family of Sarah. We want to pray for Hannah. We want to pray for the rest of the family as well. God, we pray be the rock that they need. We pray be the comfort that they need. Lord, we pray make your face seen. All of these things we bring before you this morning, our Lord, and we place them at your feet. In your name we pray, amen. Now, as we open to our next passage, we've been going through the Psalms over the summer. We called it the Summer in the Psalms because when you have that pseudo-alliteration, how do you not go with that? We find ourselves with a rather fitting chapter this morning. We find ourselves with Psalm 23. Psalm 23, if you have your Bibles on you. It's a psalm we have, as Bethany said, likely all heard many times before. And it is the fourth type of psalm that we're going to be looking at this summer. It's called a psalm of confidence. Psalm of confidence. Psalms of confidence they are the psalms for the times in our lives when we need exactly that, when we need confidence, when we need reassurance, for when something big has happened to us and we want to cement in ourselves that God is in control of all things, that placing our needs in his hands, that that is the right thing to do. So these are the psalms that you often hear during the big moments in life, during the graduations, during the funerals, when you find yourself in a hospital for a tad too long. And as we will see, they're also, I think, pretty fitting for a baby dedication as well. But let's go through it first before I explain why it is I think that's the case. Psalm 23 begins with the first chunk that goes all the way from the beginning up to verse 3. It is a psalm of David. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. I like to go with the King James on that one. It's how I learned it, and it's also just sits in you. Now this is a psalm where it's wonderfully valuable to remember that King David himself, none other, King David himself is who wrote this. Of the many things that King David was famed for over his lifetime, one of the greatest was that he was the great shepherd king. And saying that's only half a metaphor because as we know from 1 Samuel 16, David was a shepherd. But David was also famed for being a good shepherd in figurative ways as well because he became king, hence King David. He took the throne, though, 
of a people that were divided and aristocrats who were loyal to the kings that came before him and then nobles who did not care to follow David pretty much just to test the waters, pretty much just to see if they could get away with not following him. But then over the course of David's reign, he united them all. They came to follow him. That's the story that you get in First and Second Samuel. It is a wonderful pair of books. Highly recommend reading them. But it is that story of how David the shepherd became David the shepherd king. And so, as David now calls God his shepherd in this psalm, he does so knowing what that means, both in a literal sense, both as an actual shepherd, but also in a figurative one, what it means to be a king who people will follow to the ends of the earth. And that is how this psalm begins, recognizing that. The Lord is my shepherd. This is how David starts, possibly, his greatest psalm. David may be the shepherd to his sheep. David may be the shepherd to his people, but the Lord, he is something more. The Lord is the shepherd to the shepherd. He is the king to the king. The one who David, the great shepherd king, chose to be his shepherd and chose to be his king. That is who David begins by telling us that God is to him. And from here, David will spend most of the rest of the psalm telling us why he is confident that that was the right choice for him to make. Next line, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. That is to say, to borrow a line from Jesus, that the Lord is David's shepherd because the Lord provides David with his daily bread. He provides for David all that he needs to get by, but more than that even, the grass the Lord provides here. It doesn't just say the Lord provides me grass. No, it's not old grass. It's not dry. It's not hay left over from better times, but instead the pastures where the Lord leads David, they are green. They are the green grasses. He provided what David needed and more. And the water that David is led to, it is not torrential. They are not dangerous rapids, more on that in just a little bit, but they are instead the still waters. They are the safe harbor. They are the haven in which David can drink his fill. Going on. The Lord restoreth my soul, David tells us, because that is what happens when you are provided for your needs by God. For when we follow God as he leads us, as we are filled by all that he provides for us, this is what happens. We are restored in the process. The emptiness that can so readily find itself in the, in the pit of who we are, it's addressed, it's filled to overflowing, We'll see in a bit. Next, he leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Follow this good shepherd and you will know that you are going down not just any old path through life, but the righteous path through life, the right path through life. And in that one line, David assures us of a couple things. First, that there is a right path. Next, that God knows what the right path is. And finally, that if only we follow as the shepherd of the shepherd leads us, that we will be going down that right path as well. We will be on the path that leads to the still waters, the path that leads to the green grass, the path that finds our soul restored, the path that is headed to the Lord. And best of all, God will do all of this. He will lead us down this right path for one reason and one reason alone. He does it for it is his name's sake to do this. That is, he will lead us down the path simply because that is who our God is. 
And if that is who our God is, we can have confidence that this is always what he is going to do for those that choose to follow him. And if you want proof of that, you need to look no farther than the fact that this psalm is David telling us that after following God his life, this is how he was led. And the passage continues on with the second chunk. Verses four and five. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runs over. As I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, David says. And here we remember those still waters mentioned before. Because the land, the land of Israel has a pretty massive and a pretty fast change in elevation from one side to the other. It goes from sea level in the west to just shy of two miles high in some parts of the east. And it does that in about 70 miles of distance. If we want to compare that to how that works in Manitoba, I grant it, that's a bad comparison. But here in Manitoba, it takes 16 hours by train and then another eight by car to go from our lowest point to our highest point, and it's about half the change in elevation. And that matters because water flows downhill. So the steeper the hill, the faster the water flows. So in Israel, what will happen is that it rains up high in the highlands, far too far away for anyone that's on the bottom to see, which in a few hours' time, for seemingly no reason at all, a once gentle, babbling brook suddenly turns into a wall of mud, water, and debris that's the size of a house. And over the years, those violent torrents, they, they carve scars through the landscape. They carve dark valleys through little streams that are at the bottom that they all seem innocent enough as they run their course. Grass grows around those little streams, fields where sheep have to contend because the climate's arid. So without those fields, food supply is gonna be a little limited in those areas. But all the while, as you are leading your sheep to feed in those fields, your ear is kept to the ground for the rumble that means that death is on its way. And what more of a perfect metaphor for life can you get than that? The shadowy valleys that are fine one moment then ravenous and devouring the next. We can't see into the mountains. We don't know when the next onslaught of that evil is gonna come, but just because we know that it will one day arrive, it's not like we can just avoid living life altogether in the meantime, just for the fear of it. I, and so we go about our days anxious about the things that we fear are to come, but that we can't see for ourselves. But while we can't see the danger of the rains up the hills, our God, David tells us, our God, that good shepherd of the shepherd, he he can, because of course he can. He's God. It's, it's wrapped up there in the name. And so if we follow the Lord, what evil do we have to fear? For our Lord knows what is coming before it arrives in the first place. And we go on. His rod and his staff, they comfort me. David tells us this, drawing from his experience both as a shepherd and as a king. Because a rod can be many things. It can be a scepter like a king wields. It can be a weapon that you use to fend off those who will do you harm. And a staff, it can be many things again. It can be a shepherd's crook pulling us back from the path or goading us forward toward where we need to go but don't want to. And also be a walking staff to support us when we need. Which leads us to you prepare us the table before me 
in the presence of mine enemies. And here we remember that hostile court he entered into when he took the throne in the first place, when David took the throne, and how by following God's leading, it was David who outlasted, it was David who survived, it was David who in time got all those who opposed him on that same page, got them all around that same table. Thou anointeth my head with oil. Another experience David knows firsthand. 1 Samuel 16, we see the prophet Samuel anoint David with oil, telling him one day that he will be king. And while it may have been Samuel who anointed David, it was God who sent the prophet to do that. David does not forget so easily where the source of his blessing actually comes from. From all these experiences that David has had that come from our Lord, that come from following our Lord, he knows that it is because of God that his cup runneth over, that he has all that he needs and more. Our passage draws to an end. Surely goodness and mercy will show all... Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Just as David followed God, the goodness of God and the mercy of God follows those who follow him. Because if you follow the Lord as he leads, then you can know that you're going down the right path that is marked by what our Lord does. Acts that cause the marks of goodness. Marks of mercy. And finally, after laying out in the last four verses all of what he has experienced by following God, David ends his greatest psalm telling us how he chooses to live in response. It is because of all these reasons that he has lived, that David the shepherd king is confident in his choice to be in the house of the Lord, the house of the shepherd and his king forever. The term of the house of the Lord at that point means following the law of Moses as God commands, but now meaning to live a life in the church following our Lord Jesus Christ for the rest of our days and beyond. And that is Psalm 23, a psalm of confidence. I said at the beginning of today's message that this is a fitting passage for a baby dedication Sunday. I think often when we hear Psalm 23 in a place, well, it's in a place that is usually kind of different than anything that we think of should have to do with children. Usually when we think of Psalm 23, then at least in my mind, we go to funerals or hospital rooms or something like that, but it can feel a little bit odd that it also is a perfect passage for a celebration day kind of like this. When we read this Psalm in a hospital or in a funeral, we read it for reassurance that after a life of following God, our shepherd, that we can know that he is still leading us even then, even through those valleys of the shadow of death. In this passage, David certainly, he seeks to give that assurance. It was his experience after all. David didn't die in battle at the prime of his life or anything. He was an old man. He had the decline, and God led him through it. But now, at a child dedication, we read this passage with a slightly different question in our mind. Today, we parents, as well as the rest of the church, we've all dedicated ourselves to raising these little children, these little babes, to follow God. And in doing that, making that decision, there is a natural question, I think, that comes to our mind as we choose to do that. How can we know that 
this is the right decision to raise our children in this way? How can we know that that is the right thing to do? That is a question I am pretty sure is as old as child rearing itself. And it is a question to which David in this psalm also tries to leave us with a little bit of confidence. Because as we've seen, what this psalm is, is David laying out how he has experienced his life spent following God and why, if he had to make the choice all over again, he would choose every last time to dwell in the house of the Lord. To David following God, it was like being led by a great shepherd who cares for his sheep. It was like being led to the greenest fields and the freshest water. It was knowing the comfort to be found in the truth that even in the hardest times in our lives, our Lord knows what is to come and he leads us with that knowledge in mind. It was like living in the understanding that God would lift you above those who would do you harm and possibly even bring reconciliation to the table, even though it seemed impossible to begin with. This is what living a life in the house of God was like for David. This was his experience of it. There are a lot of uncertainties in the world that we live in today. Don't know if you've ever noticed that looking at the news or anything. And so choosing to bring a child into it, that comes with a lot of questions, a lot of what ifs. What if this goes wrong or that? What if the world gets worse than it currently is? How impossible that might seem from time to time. But if there's a better way that I can be a parent to little baby Mary, if there is a better way to raise our child than here in the church, we don't know the future ourselves. We don't know the storms at the top of the hill. We want certainty for what the future brings. But for us, there is no knowing for certain what will come. And so bringing a child into the world, that's an act of blind faith. A faith that everything will turn out okay. And at times that can seem almost paralyzing. I get that. There is no knowing the future. But there is knowing the past. There is knowing what has come before. And from the hand of the great King David, the great shepherd king of Israel, we know that he, after knowing all that his life would lead him through, tells us, that doing it all again, he would choose to live in the house of the Lord all over. In large part because God does know what's over the hill. And so we can trust that no matter how scary the future may seem, it will turn out. And so parents, Congregation. This is the choice we make today ourselves to raise these children in this same house of God, to build it up, and to make the world better accordingly. Because our Lord certainly leads us to that, certainly tasks us to that, tasks us that all of the things out there that make the future so uncertain, make raising a child a little scary, tasks us to meet them head on. We do this all while knowing that while we don't know what will come, 
others who have come before us who have made this same choice. They've known it to be the best decision for them and their families that they had ever made in their lives. I'm betting many of the people in this very room included. There is no knowing what the future will hold for us or for our children. But from this psalm, we can know living ourselves and raising our families in the church, in the Lord, and working to build his kingdom accordingly from countless people who have come before us, including the great King David himself. That was the right path for them to bet on, and so the safe bet, it's the right path for us to bet on as well. Amen. All right, the last song we'll be singing is Take My Life and Let It Be. Um, and sometimes with hymns, it's easy to just mindlessly sing. They're so familiar, but I encourage you to really take note of the words and you can kind of treat it as a prayer. Um, please stand, stretch your legs, and sing this last song together. First, I'll begin with a benediction. May God bless you and keep you. May he let his face shine on you and be gracious to you. May he show you his face and bring you peace. And then, if you can smell like I can, I'm going to leave you next with a prayer of grace for the food that is soon to come. Again, thank you so much, Chai and Bo. Oh, I am looking forward to this. Please bow with me now. Our Lord, we thank you so much for all that you are, all that you provide. Lord, we pray as we have this meal so wonderfully provided by Chai and Bo and their family, God, please bless it to our body's use. Bless the hands that prepared it. Bless the conversation we will have. And above all things, help us to see you over the hour to come. Lord, we put this in your hand. Amen. Let's sing the last verse together and then you are dismissed. Take my love, my Lord, I pour at
you're dismissed. <laughs>